Okay. Do we want to try that again? Because that sounded shite. Alright, sure. How much better is that? That's fucking great. I love that shit. That is quite good, actually. I'm quite oh, impressed with yeah. that. You've got Comradio to thank for that. Nice. Very nice. I, I think it's incredibly dubious that we're now relying on Tony Blair's internet time zone. <laughs> 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 yes, very strong start. <laughs> that that has to go in. I don't know. I don't care how yeah. you manage it, David. That has to go in. <laughs> oh, oh, oh fuck you, Jimmy! Oh my god! <laughs> Completely out of left field and ended me. Jesus. Oh right. Amazing. What were we doing? Oh, fuck's sake! Yeah, a podcast apparently. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Right, okay. And this is the, the this is the one about space, is it? Yes. <laughs> no. Well, no. No. Um, no. Yeah, so welcome to Podcasting's Praxis. I'm David, and I am here this week with Jamie. All right. James. Hello. And Rob. Oh, yeah. It's been a wee while, but we are going to do a news episode. A classic. Ha- yeah. Has much happened? Like, I've just been living in a void, to be honest. I mean, I, when I was thinking about this, I can't actually remember the last news episode we put out. It may have been August. So, like, yeah. It's been I, a I'm while. assuming some stuff has happened. Yeah. I think we all got very depressed for a while. So now we're, we're back. Yeah, well, yeah, we're still depressed, but we're back. So, Rob, do you have anything that you want to bring up? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to start with, there's a new um, thing that's being, uh, it's it's merely a suggestion right now from, from the government, but you know how these things go. Uh, this is the UK's pension minister, a guy, uh, MP called Guy Opperman. Um, and he's got a brilliant new idea is that he wants young people to be able to borrow from their pensions uh, to use it as a deposit for new houses. So, is that mortgage futures? Yes, that is pretty much exactly that. It's essentially, what if we took, you know, the one pile of money that essentially most people in the UK still have left, which is their pension, and what if we just took that giant bag of money and we jammed that into the housing market, which, which... you know, is is really calm at the moment, and there's no problem with anybody buying houses as it stands. So, hang on. So, people have been for some time now relying on the value of their property to try and buoy them up when, uh, or buoy them up, however fuck you want to pronounce it, when, when essentially their pension rolls around, when it's time to retire, they sell their house, they downgrade, and the difference is what they can use to try and survive. Yeah. And now we're just we're taking we're taking with a fiction. But that isn't a thing, and we're basically saying, yeah, your pension and your house are going to be exactly the oh, same. Are going to be thing. one and the and, and the same thing, yeah. Marvelous, marvelous country, not a curse <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, 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 not in the slightest. I mean, you know, you, you you would be able to. You can't sell your house because it's the same as your pension, but without selling your house, how are you going to get the money out? And also, like, you're you're relying on property prices in in the UK rising essentially forever because like if you take the money out of your pension right it doesn't do the compound interest trick that essentially makes your pension do what it does mm-hmm. but doesn't like house prices rising forever isn't that the foundation of all modern economics pretty much yeah <laughs> it's going to look really fucking funny around about i don't know february march next year that that is when i i think things like this are going to look hysterical in retrospect 
I think my my top my top tip for people would be to do what my uh, my uh, grandma did, which was um, she was terminally ill and she took out like five credit cards and maxed them all and hid mm-hmm. the money under her bed and then died before she had to pay it back. <laughs> That's practice. Are you are, are yeah. you are like your relatives not liable for that shit or something if you're if if they do that? No. Excellent. Like the the bank the bank sent a letter. My mom got, like they were going like, oh, she had all these had all this debt when she died. My mom was just like, and what the fuck do you want me to do about it? <laughs> if you're not a co-signatory on the account, who cares? That's like, uh, excellent. Yeah, they, they, were, they f- were they were spinning something about like, oh well, it'll 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 reflect badly on her in future, and it's like she's dead. I don't think she cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think your grandma's so future credit rating may be slightly let the, beyond let saving. The fucking bank are going to come around and make the rest of us wear a scarlet letter for her or something. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I mean, they I are just, probably I'm, like two, three years away from actually making that government policy. Uh, yeah, probably. probably. But yeah, just one sort of one small coda before we move on to the next whatever. But like, not only are they currently examining like how to jam the UK's pension funds into the housing market, they're also examining another thing, which is um, how you could take small amounts uh, out of your pension, up to like five hundred quid, to do things like emergencies, like car repairs. Uh-huh. So you know you could just use your pension for like daily expenditure, and and that's gonna you know when when you when you're talking about use your pension, are we talking about the state pension? Um, I think so. Yes, it's well, it's not quite clear. It's um, um, people on defined what, pensions. I don't know who has those. What fucking pension? Because like yeah. pension, I've paid into like I think I paid like a fair amount in my pension. It's not fucking huge, but it's like it's not not a tiny amount, but. The wages that I'm on are subpar. Um, it does not much in there. Yeah, I've paid into mine for like eight years in my uh, in my job in Belgium, and I think by the time I retire, I may be able to buy like a fancy bag of crisps. I literally <laughs> don't have a pension. Yeah, I don't. I've never had a proper job. I've always just had like clown jobs at the circus. Do you know what I mean? I once, I once had a job. I once had a job where I had to sell websites door to door. What? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the level of fucking like normal right. job I'm working Guys, at. Guys, sorry, David, Rob, I'm so sorry, but been everything we had planned for this episode yes. and gather around because Jamie, Jamie, tell us this story. This is too is, good. Is, what, so how did you? Right, oh, wait, wait, wait. Did you get a lift with the milkman? <laughs> Did he take you around? <laughs> no, no, I was the designated driver. I, was, I coincidentally ended up working I with a guy. The website float. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I ended up. I ended up coincidentally working with a lad that I'd been in school with, who is like the nicest lad you'd ever met, but he wasn't like burdened with an overabundance of sense, and he didn't know how to drive, and so I had to drive us everywhere, and we were just. It was just fucking like just. I mean, it was like they was wanted us to sell websites door to door. I took it about as seriously as you'd expect, and he was like, he was like, oh no, we've got to, we've got to do, we've got to like knock on the doors, and we'll get into trouble. I was like, ah, fuck that. Like, you go knock on the doors, I'll be in the car. I could just imagine like the, this guy walking up to somebody's door with like a giant pile of those um, America Online discs with like one hour free internet you used to get back in the old day. Oh, it was, it was what it was. The job center, the job center sent me out to the. Um, the town had a new like e-commerce annex on the industrial estate, and the job centre sent me out there for this interview for for um, developing websites. 
and went to the interview and they were like, oh yeah, you've got everything like everything we need for like a web designer, but we um we don't have an opening. We just filled the the web designer like post, but you could come on as a junior salesman. <laughs> and then when when a spot opens up, and I was like yeah i think i'll pass and the job center were like what they offered you a job and you didn't take it get back down there right now so i ended up doing that and it was fucking shite like it was an absolute fucking scam of a company as well i mean we weren't even we weren't even like expected to sell things we just literally had to turn up and harass people and if anyone showed even the slightest bit of interest we had to hand it over to like the fucking boss who was like some prick with a like with two jaguars who fucking was always boasting about how he went to Amsterdam and like splashed money in the strip clubs and everything, you know, that kind of like fucking, <laughs> yep, like salesman prick. It's, and yeah, then, this is, in, this is giving me flashbacks. Carry on. When I, um, when I finally, when I finally jacked it in, um, I just told them, I was like, this is like, I says, this is fucking shite. I'm leaving. And they were like, right, fine. And I, I went and I had the job center were like, oh, you left, you like quit the job. You have to fill in like a fucking particular form to say why you left the job. So I just put on like, you know, the, the, the job wasn't like very good. They hired us on false pretenses. They said, said I was going to move to another position and it's clearly not going to happen. And they have to send it off to the like bosses for them to give a response. And so it come back with like the fucking like Jag pricks fingerprints all over it saying I'd been like I'd been like lazy and not done any work and I'd been like abusive to other staff and he, he couldn't prove it but he suspected I'd been stealing and it's like stealing what you know what I mean we, like we handled cash or anything stealing websites um, <laughs> and so I, I fucking I wrote like I knew that like they, they they give me the form back I have to put a response on and has to go back and forth and everything so my response to his response was tell Jabba the cunt to go fuck himself <laughs> <laughs> and then the form mysteriously disappeared and like nothing more was made of it. I'm just picturing oh. like I'm just picturing you stealing websites as you're like, oh no, fuck this. I'm just gonna like rip open the packet and take a couple for yourself, sort of thing. Yeah, like, just like fucking model employee model employee leaving at like five to five with a fucking monitor up me jumper, you know what I mean? Like just, just after uh, a hard day at the website factory. Yeah, no, we're we're happy to sell you dogs.com, but oh wait, sis, it's it's not there. Who who owns dogs.com? Yeah, what what age of the internet was this? Was this like you know ten years ago or like this was this was two thousand and late two? It was it was post nine eleven, but not not oh, much post nine oh, eleven. It was like two thousand and two sort of pet, or yeah, so. Pets dot com. It was that that. Time. Do you remember which website you were selling when nine eleven happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, I got the job. I got the job after nine eleven. Like. Oh fuck's sake. See, that is totally a scam that's... I don't know exactly the particulars of how that works, right? But I guarantee you, at some step, there's a getting money from the job centre to do to like, to like do shit with people. I guarantee Probably. that's a step in it. It's got to be. Yeah. At some point, people in job centres are just going to be employed to post. And at that point, you know, our particular set of skills will finally come in handy. Speak for yourself, Jesus. <laughs> But yeah, I mean that was the height of like Tony Blair's New Deal and stuff. So yeah, where they just con to the, like there was that was that was one of the rare occasions where they actually sent me somewhere like to do an actual job interview, and it wasn't it wasn't billed as some super scheme because it was always like oh go here and they'll teach you like how to be employable, and you'd just sit around learning how to write CVs for six weeks. Yeah, or, but like, what you know, they did was basically just give you a pointless job as if it's the Soviet Union, but shit. Basically, yeah. It's like, oh, do you want do you want to start your own business? That'll keep you busy for like six months while you 
Oh yeah. You talk to some. Well, we teach you absolute... how to write a business plan for a business you're never going to fucking yeah. start. Yeah, and I had I had like this I had this business advisor who was an absolute madman. He was just like he 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 came like he, he was he was always like really highly strong. Um, by which I mean he was probably on coke, and he came in <laughs> he came into the job center one day. And he was just fucking buzzing that he just watched The Matrix for the first time. So his, whole, his whole discussion to this like room full of like a half dozen people who were all wanting to start their own business. His whole thing was themed around like how starting your own business is like waking up from The Matrix and Morpheus wants you to be on his team. It was just, it was just fucking great. Like, that you know is, what I mean? is such an energy. I fucking love it. It's like, it's like talking about Tony Blair's New Deal, and that guy's like fucking cooking up and turning it into Tony Blair's Neo Deal. It's like, yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. I know it wasn't very good, but still, I'm like, I can't wrap my head around. We have just so many people in our society that are just there to slip between the not functional gears and pretend they're like lubing them up essentially and doing sweet fuck all yeah. and getting paid for it. You know, like, hey, I will teach you how to write a CV. It's like, great. What's that going to do about the structural deficiencies of a job market? Nothing. But I'm teaching you how to write a CV anyway, and I'm getting paid for it. It's like, fucking hell. It's yeah. It's the, just the de- job. The job club write a CV stuff was marginally more interesting than when they tried to get you an actual qualification. Like they sent oh. me off to do, um, like to, to do website design once, and I was like, well, I already know how to do it. And they were like, yeah, but this will get you an up to date qualification. And it was like six weeks, and it was just the most basic piss poor like here's how you create a javascript pop-up and stuff like that you know what i mean like just you you alone in a room with clippy you yeah you could learn it on on the internet in like 20 minutes but it was a six-week course and then at the end you get a certificate that says you're qualified in global communications (laughs) and then you can go out and like get a get a job in fucking like concert do you know what i mean in the ruins of like the former steel industry just turn up with my little certificate i'm good at global communications guys what what have you got for me it's like, sorry, we're not running any fucking satellites this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they sent me, they sent me to a place once. They sent me to a place once to do fucking like, uh, like get a qualification on computer repair. And I swear to God, the place was like a fucking IT and agricultural college, <laughs> and it was like two sheds behind the bus depot. <laughs> Obviously, someone had just set up just to fucking yeah, like siphon money it. away yeah. from the job center. Yeah. <laughs> It was great. I was sat there learning how to take a computer. Well, I say learning. I knew already, but I was sat there pretending to learn how to take a computer apart. While in the next room they were doing like I'm fucking dry stone walling or some shit. Whatever, whatever you do at an agricultural college. Oh. This is like um, you know in Watchmen how it's got Rorschach going through all his kind of. Uh, I hope I'm saying his name right. Going through all those like really terrible menial jobs and just being dicked over by society is slowly radicalizing him to become like this this supervillain kind of well i don't know supervillain anti-hero hero i mean it's, it's a real charge test depending on how you look at him i'm kind of like getting that vibe for you jamie except it's just like this would prelude to your shit posting career you <laughs> yeah, know pretty much like you're just like you're, it's like you're training for dealing with all the melts on Twitter having a go at you. Is literally you trying to concentrate while there's animal bleating in the background in this like fucking <laughs> oh, combi college. Fuck, fuck trying to concentrate. Like it was just it was a racket. You know what I mean? It was great because you could be at one of those one of those places like learning stuff. And if you if your phone rang for any reason, you could like like I'd, I'd be there and like my phone would ring and it'd be my mate and he'd just be like, oh hi, what's up? Like I am. I'm. I was wondering what you're doing at the weekend, and I'd just be like having half of a different comp. Like he'd, he'd be like, "What are you talking about?" Because I'm just sat there going, "Not yeah, no, 
right? Oh yeah, I can, I can, I can be there in thirty minutes and all this sort of <laughs> stuff, and then just like, and then like just go, oh, that, I've got a job interview, and then just like run out of the building and then ring them <laughs> back and just, you know what I mean, take the day off. <laughs> Oh. The rot set in long ago, didn't it? Yeah. The rot just oh, set yeah. in a- aeons ago, this, before we were born. This is, this is, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of freelance of, of my old job now, so I can talk about it a bit more. But this is essentially what I was like, if I was really fucking tired, I just put in my calendar um, conference or meeting and just walk out the door and nobody would give a shit or ask where I was or what I'd done or why I'd went where I went. or you know, It's very pleasant. Yeah. It's like it, that. It's, it's like that. The share zone meme, isn't it? If you don't like it, you can just leave. <laughs> Hit the bricks. <laughs> like, <laughs> cops if you're quick. <laughs> oh, oh, for fuck's sake. Right, I'm, I'm, I am reluctantly dragging us back on topic because we do actually have things we need to talk about. Yeah. Um, oh, we? we do. Yeah, we do. Because um, Rob went through the the niceties of actually putting together some notes for us, so we should probably try and go through them. Yeah, but um, a few. I mean, we can skip. Right. I mean, this was great. I'm, so, I'm happy to skip a bit here as well because this was fucking. Amazing. No, fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> Let's just do it. So you've lost your podcast authority. <laughs> Damn. I, have not. I, I never had authority. any to lose. <laughs> so, um, Rona, some good old Rona news. Um, students are having a fun time. Um, Lancaster Uni's charging students eighteen quid a day um, for three meals um, worth about. Two pound, three pound odd. Um, so that's normal and great. Yeah, like a bunch of uh, Lancaster Uni uh, student union people just like just took what was put in the boxes for them, just sort of totted it up and just went to like um, got the same stuff essentially from I think Aldi or Little or something, and then just said, "Wait, hang on, this is two two quid seventy a day that you're pe- you're." you're spending on us and you're charging us 18 and it's just insane like it's barely it's just one of these insane signals and i was just i just I mean, saw right before they're you. already getting charged nine grand for the year plus the cost of rent they've obviously yeah. got the money yeah and also they i mean they're literally locked in so they you know they literally well, have no choice you said you say they're literally locked in but a life hack for them is you can just leave <laughs> <laughs> just hit the bricks <laughs> University cops, if you're quick enough. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see that one of that girl who told her university, I'm vegan, and they sent her like a packet of salted crisps, an apple, and a Mars bar or something like that? That (laughs) was her meal. A Mars bar's not fucking vegan. That's yeah, no, that, no, that's that's yes, very much not vegan, but that's, uh, that's a packed lunch for a four year old, like <laughs> it's a shite packed lunch for a four year old. It is what it is. You'd expect a sandwich at the very least. Well, I mean, but... they, they've also, they've also been like stories of people who who said, Well, I'm, I'm religious, and there was one girl who uh, who's a Muslim and she got sent like ham and, and like pork scratchings in a bag or something insane. <laughs> Fucking ports of all the things, who would even send pork scratchings to someone? some sort of relief well i mean you should send it to me if i'm ever in trouble but that's a different conversation it's hard it's hardly like a universal snack (laughs) picturing i'm picturing when you go overboard in one of the great naval battles of the podcast wars of 2037 and all just like hurling (laughs) packets of pork scratchings into the ocean after you yeah (laughs) (laughs) if if they've not been opened they could make good improvisational flotation devices i don't see the problem there to be honest it'll just be me sinking beneath the waves of what used to be the netherlands holding a deflated <laughs> bag of crisps. I will have it coming, it's fine. 
So yeah, the the unis are a fucking shit show. Um, nothing's going right with the way that that's been handled. Obviously, because of the people handling it are all there to extract money through rent, um, and it's going about as well with the other fucking rentier class that's involved in making decisions. So, the um, policies around the new kind of lockdown rules have kind of come in in the last few days, depending on where you are. Yeah, sort of. So kind Scotland of. started first. Um, and put in a bunch of um, new rules about pubs. So I think there's a there's a new curfew on when you can actually sell alcohol. You can't do it at all inside. You can do it outside up until 10 o'clock, I think, um, in Scotland. In the central belt of Scotland, the pubs are just fucking shut. Like, there's just no pubs. I think that's right, isn't it? I mean, Who fucking I, knows? I, I got no idea. I managed to miss my town going into lockdown. <laughs> Um, well, the funny thing about that is that it didn't actually go into lockdown. Well, see, this is the thing, right? So I'm, without mentioning exactly where I live, I'm in a town that's south of Glasgow, right? And I, you know, I locked down at the end of February and I've stayed locked down and I've been out my house, my, my house, my flat, my shitty flat, like six times during this, okay? Because my neighbours... Um, Jesus Christ, my neighbours don't take this seriously at all. And it's like, it's really grim. And suffice it to say, there's fairly decent reasons why I've been homebound for this. Anyway, so as a consequence of this, I managed to completely fucking miss that the entirety of like the area I'm in locked down back in like, you know, September. Just completely missed it. And uh, the other day I had to go out. Um, I had to go out and get remedial massage because I've got a condition called Ellis-Danlos syndrome. And so, you know, I'm like full like spaceman suiting up for this sort of thing. You know, I've got my mask, you know, I've got the, everything's like, you know, sealed away. I've got my hand sanitizer. I am, I'm fucking ready, basically. Swimming in a sea and, of hand gel. Yeah, basically, right. And just to get through the fucking stairwell, to be totally honest, because like, my right, okay. So my neighbors have been having parties and shit, okay, during this entire thing. I've never once seen any of them wear a mask and they've all got kids who run back and forth like you wouldn't believe. And there's a little playground right outside my flat that they all congregate in. And you just put it all together and it's like perfect scenario to just have shit rip through the building. Apparently it hasn't yet, but Jesus, uh, just give it time. I swear to God. It's going to be like 28 days later when it finally happens. I know, right? It's and just, the precursor it's be- is going to be like you going out in a space suit because you, you have an absolutely unmissable like appointment somewhere that you cannot postpone. And then they're all out on the lawn playing beach volleyball with a giant coronavirus. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Like, it's actually really grim. And so you might say, well, why haven't you called the cops on them if they've been having it? And it's like, I'm not I'm not a fucking narc. I'm not going to do that, right? Especially since I'm just sealed in my apartment. I'm literally yeah, who, all who doing it. Who calls the fucking cops anyway? Like, who looks at a situation and goes, do you know what I, I think would make this better? Making it worse. Yeah, the police would improve <laughs> this. Yeah, totally. So... So I've just been like gritting my teeth and like just going through this as best I can. But I had to, so I had to leave the other day and I'm walking around, you know, town to get to my appointment and there were hundreds of people out and about. And it got to the point where I'm going, am I insane? Am I actually just mental? Have I like, did I hit my head or has something gone wrong? And I've hallucinated a pandemic. Is that, is that what's going on? Because I don't see any other fucking person wearing a mask. I counted three people, including myself out of hundreds who were wearing masks and this is including people going in and out of shops and stuff and like i passed a restaurant and one of those three people was a uh you know a, a waiter was wearing a mask serving a table of people sat very close together without wearing masks and i'm just like fucking hell this is what are we do we deserve to die like the, none, this- none of the policies are actually useful nothing is fucking helpful except yeah. to number 
But I mean, yeah, I mean, the thing is, when when people talk about oh, we're back in lockdown, we're back in like regional lockdown, and we're tier two, but we might be tier three, but we're actually tier. We're not sure. It, it's what like, the fuck are tiers? I don't even know oh, what a tier thing is. That's the thing. Is. I mean, people keep going, oh, have you seen the new lockdown rules? And it's like, no, I haven't seen the new lockdown rules because they're like, they're fundamentally unknowable. They're like, <laughs> they exist in some sort of quantum superposition. Trying to understand them is like trying to fight mist. It's just fucking like, you know what I mean? Like the, the government issued a new cloud today. Like figure that out for the fucking selves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that do be like that. Um, like the the rules in Scotland are generally the same, except across the central belt. So for what is effectively most of Scotland, um, where it's just the pubs are shut, and that's really the only difference. Um, still go to your work if you need to. You can still fucking meet people in public places. You can still go to restaurants. Go fucking sit on a table and cough on each other. That's absolutely fine. Um, public yeah. transport, I no problem. Get on it. Go the, for it. The weirdest like, thing just, that I've what's seen. What's the in fucking this, point? In, in this whole set of new lockdown rules, it's like pubs close at 10 and you're not allowed to go there for a pint, but as long as you have a meal, it, a sit down meal, it's fine. Because obviously, you know, one of the things we know about Corona is that it cannot handle um, deep fried food being nearby or something. It can't get to you if your mouth's full. <laughs> It's, it's so stupid. It's like, you compare and contrast, like, I've looked at how New Zealand has handled this shit, right? And I know this is an old refrain, but I, I really looked at their rules and, um, like, their rules aren't just better than ours. Their rules are based on fundamental assumptions that we refuse to make, right? Like, uh, there's evidence coming out now that coronavirus actually survives on surfaces way fucking longer oh, yeah, I saw that. than anyone thought it did. Yeah, so here's the thing, right? Right at the start, I actually was like, oh, it's a coronavirus that's not going to die very quickly on surfaces. Uh, so that's not good. Okay, I'm going to need hand sanitizer and all this kind of shit, right? Um, New Zealand picked up on this and they've been their contract taste tracing is so fucking good that they've traced outbreaks to a bin lid and a door handle. Like, they're that fucking good about it, being able to go, oh, this is where the, this is the site where someone touched <clears throat> and then five people got it sort of thing, right? Um, meanwhile, we're over here going, oh, no, don't worry, it doesn't survive on surfaces. It's like, what? No, no, like... It, it, we're not even it's not that we're not putting in the right rules it's that we're not acknowledging the fundamental nature of the thing we're supposedly fighting in any reasonable or effective way it's it's just it's pure lunacy just absolute insanity just and I, I don't mean this like i know sometimes people throw those words around in a kind of hurtful way but i really do mean just completely psychotically disconnected from a fundamental reality of coronavirus. yeah but i mean the, the thing the thing is the government just like couldn't give less of a shit about public health could they do you know what no, i mean unless it's, unless it's selling like something to someone well, we, who like they went to school with they're just not interested in anything uh, really uh, so. i mean genuinely like right before we started recording this uh, there was a new bit up from um ed conway at, at sky that um some of the people the boston consulting group which is of course contracted out to work on <clears throat> uh, test and trace uh they're being mm-hmm. paid daily rates with a where they've generously given a 10% corona discount but their daily rate is still up to <laughs> 7360 quid a day for a single fucking consultant so like you know this the test and trace still doesn't fucking work we have this whole fucking nightmare and the only people uh, test and trace test and trace works perfectly because it's stated yeah, aim yeah. is to give some fucking clown a ton of money yeah yeah it's mm. fucking like well the, the no the thing that fucking gets me is test and trace works brilliantly if you actually do test and trace 
like look at I don't know Vietnam, New Zealand, even fucking China, right? Oh yeah. When when I say test and trace, like I mean specifically our version of yeah, test yeah, and yeah. trace, which is just like yeah. some bullshit I mean, app that well, steals your data for twenty <clears throat> years and funnels yeah. money to Dido Harden, is it? In yeah, yeah. The, the, well, the fucking, we, we don't quite know. Yeah. We don't quite know where the money's gone because there's about twelve billion going on this and. We've managed to test and trace about nine billion of it. The other three billion is just a fucking mystery. So the other three billion is, you know, when they're talking about like how, um, like when Brexit lands, Kent is just going to be a lorry car park. Mm. I thought it was going to be a single one of those. Certain. Every single one of those lorries is going to be packed full of cocaine. <laughs> That's where the other three billion's gone. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, but there is some cocaine you know, left over for our main story, which we'll come to in a bit. <clears throat> Someone do the maths and the, the Twitter comments for us and find out how many trucks it would take for three billion quid to fill with cocaine. Oh, well, it, mm, so here's the thing, right? It actually, depends. Can, are you it, actually buying the cocaine or are you asking the police for the street value? <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> okay, you got that ahead of me, Jamie. There's also... Um, like, there's also a thing of like, right, when you say trucks full of cocaine, do you mean like they've they've actually hidden it? Or do you mean it's just like they just loaded a lot of a lorry and went, fuck it? No, no one I mean cares. like the, the trailer, the cab, the fucking tires, just the, the driver, just every single available fucking atom of free space is full the of glove cocaine. Compartments, just, yeah. yeah, just fucking, do you know what I mean? Two solid cubes of like cocaine hanging from the wing mirror. Uh, from the okay, really, the idea of it's just, it's just a griddle. Yeah, it's just <laughs> a griddle of cocaine. And they just drive it up Whitehall. <sighs> just all those lorry drivers sat like completely stationary in the Brexit gridlock just screaming as if they're travelling at speed <laughs> I'm just picturing like January 1st rolling around and people like oh well it couldn't be a white Christmas but at least and as the mist gets closer they're like oh Jesus fucking Christ that's not snow I mean it does roll in and it literally turns into Stephen King's The Mist except we're badly misshapen Brexit lunatics and I was coronavirus gonna, I was, I was I was going to go with a different reference. I was going to go with Jared Butler's Coke Storm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. To actually answer your question, though, right? One, it would take one lorry if you totally stashed it up to get three billion. However, however, the second answer is I uh, say unanswerable because if you actually brought three billion worth of coke into his in into this country in one go, these countries, whatever the fuck, right? If you actually brought that much in, it would crash the market, and so you know, paradoxically, bringing three billion in would be less than three billion. But who the fuck knows? Economics is all made up. <laughs> fuck them. Yeah, yeah. Just Numbers imagine if real. the cops if the cops caught you with that one lorry full of coke. Oh, they'd they'd have to like fucking. Do you know what I mean? The, the headlines would be like police, and then it'd have like scientific notation for the value that they'd assigned. <laughs> like, yeah, but you're forgetting, Jamie. Put that, police like, intercept a Google worth of coke coming into yeah. the UK. <laughs> but like you're forgetting, Jamie, that under the new rules, uh, the police can just literally bring in the cocaine. Um, and it, because it's- oh fuck me! Right, god damn it! God, well, oh sorry, I'm so it. angry about this. It. I want to go into this in just a minute, right? Because um, before we start knocking big fucking Keith, right? <laughs> he did actually have a policy position. Oh, let's go on. I didn't see this. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> he actually did it. I was listening to that. <laughs> so <laughs> he actually came out and said that the country should go into another lockdown an actual proper Fucking lockdown hell, where all the businesses shut like it's the first time and let's <clears throat> what's it, it, what's he, it did, he used a certain he word he did say it, it it's good it. it's needed 
The thing is, it's, it's actually completely contrary to his previous condition, um, uh, his previous position, and uh, he only did that because the sage advice leaked and it showed that the government hadn't taken advice. So it was actually a purely technocratic move to try and appear competent, really. Um, but hey ho, he actually made the right call. Well, if yeah, by his accident, previous so. his previous position for anyone who doesn't remember it was: please don't yell at me, I'm fragile. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, children back to school, no ifs, no buts. Yeah, yeah, like that there tells you that fundamentally he's a soulless vacuum of an evil man because sending well, kids back to school during this is... I can't I can't wait until at the next, like, five years' time when we got an election rolling up and Keith's public position is the car's on fire and there's no driver at the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> We're trapped in the belly of this great beast and the machine is bleeding to death. Yeah, sure. Well, on the on the notion of him not having a soul. Yeah, Jesus um, fucking, it has been a banner fucking week again for Labour. Yeah, so um, two two wonderful bills have been making their way through in the last couple of weeks. Um, one of them, and have they abstained on them? Uh, yes. How how did you guess? So, in the second reading, right of both the um, covert human intelligence sources bill, which um, is code for let spy cops do rapes and other crimes um basically no one who works for the government can be charged with a crime so long as they do it on government time effectively yeah um, it's like as long normal. as like a, a qc or a judge signs off on it they can just do crimes yeah pretty much yeah yeah which which they will because why wouldn't they um so yeah that's um that was abstained on um there was a three-line whip to abstain on that at the second reading because it would be pointless to do so until the amendments went through for the third reading. It's basically waiting until it's too late to try and get the bill fucking stopped to have I mean, replaced I, with something better. That that bill sounds like it's it's the setup for um a, a gritty London based reboot of Judge Dredd starring like Jared Butler or someone. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Where he just goes around signing off his own like crimes and then executing people in the street. It's yeah. it's fucking like I honestly think this is proof positive that forget him being soulless, right? Genuinely, honestly, I think this is proof positive that he's an intelligence asset. Keith, I mean, right? Yeah, he's a cop. Uh, Either he's an asset or he's like so far up the arse of the intelligence services that he might yeah. as well be. Yeah, it's like it's a distinction without a difference yeah. at this point. Because what that bill lets you do is essentially as long as someone signs up on it. Which, of course, you know, you're going to get people just be like, yep, sure. I mean, as long as my name doesn't ever come out, then I'm happy to sign off on it. It gives you grounds to basically just abduct people and torture them to death to give you information Which, that you want. I mean, he's got plenty of form in letting the cops get away with absolutely fucking mad shit. Remember the, the John Charles de Menezes? De Menezes? Yeah. yeah. Like, Hi. yeah. That was him that let those cops off with absolutely just fucking executing that guy on a fucking uh, tube train. It's just, it's it's complete garbage. It's gonna, like, it genuinely scares the shit out of me because there would be absolutely no repercussions, no holdbacks, nothing to them doing something like, I don't know, lifting Jamie and just deciding, right, Jamie, you, we're going to hold you without trial. Yeah. Oh, but that's illegal. Doesn't matter. There's, there was an insane sort of defense of why Labour is abstaining on this I thing. I mean, um, in if, if they think they could put up with me that long, they're, they're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but there was an insane defense of this thing uh, posted uh, just now on Labour List by sort of walking fatberg uh conor mcginn who's the shadow security minister Ugh. and like his whole argument essentially boils down to yes this bill is very bad yes it will allow the security services just like to commit crimes and do whatever they like but if we don't do it 
then the next time there's a 24-style scenario where a nuclear bomb is strapped to the forehead of a baby, then they can't do anything, and we wouldn't want that now, would we? Very fucking we, we, normal. We've reached a point where you can't do a Brass Eye parody of this shit. Yeah. You just can't. There's, there's nothing you can put out which... um. Uh, you say that, like, but I'm confident that the new spitting image is up to the task. <laughs> oh. Oh. Let's not have the discourse, please. Oh, please, please, I can't do this anymore. Oh. We watched, like, okay, so for the sake of our listeners, we sat down and watched Spitting Image, and it was just so, ugh, that there's no, there's nothing to say about it. So you're yeah, not going to get I an episode I didn't on it. watch it. Well, okay, you were more sensible. You put yourself through that. Like, like, this was David. I fault. did it because David, David asked very nicely. That's why. That's it. So, um, I thought that yeah. it may had may have had the potential to have an episode done on it, and we thoroughly proved that it did not no. have the potential no. for that at all. It was fucking pointless to watch. Um, just there, there was absolutely nothing... naked propaganda and nothing else. Not even any, not even any value could really be gotten from taking the piss out of it because it's just that naked, plain, and yeah. written by Matt Fold. So, yeah, so there's, there's nothing to it. We're not going to talk again about it. Don't at us. Or if you do at us, then at Wizard Cubes, he hasn't seen it. Yes. Um, yeah. No, yeah, so the, the other bill um, yeah. that we were talking about. Um, what, what I will say about what I will say about Spitting Image, obviously I haven't seen it, so I, I, I can't base, say this is based entirely in fact, but Matt Ford definitely... I don't know if I need the libel button for that. Can we? Do we need to libel this one out? I don't think so. I don't know. No, it's satire. <laughs> like Spitting Image? <laughs> yeah. No, Surely no Matt, Matt, Ford, our, Matt Ford, our brother in satirical <laughs> arts, wouldn't like feel threatened by that kind of that level of like humour. Bella's one way to find out, isn't there? <laughs> oh, but yeah, the, the um, there is another bill um, that I alluded to earlier, which is uh, a lovely one that allows the armed forces and security services, etc., to effectively just do torture without fear of trial yeah pretty much i mean it it yeah it says you can't but it like it makes it so difficult for people that you've tortured um to see yeah, redress like a, that like there's a big clock with five years yeah. on it and they set that going as soon as they do the torture and you've got to catch them before that runs out pretty much yeah otherwise yeah. they get away it's, with it's the... basically you can't do that that's illegal the bill yeah, it's also the fact that both of these bills have references to the Human Rights Act, right? And that's meant to be the safeguard. But obviously, <laughs> obviously, obviously, we're not yeah, going to be signed up to the Human Rights next? Act before long. <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah, the, any sort of fucking logic that Starmer or anyone on that team has tried to put out to say why they've abstained on these bills has been... I, just, I really, I don't... Hollow is all hell. But, like, what I also don't understand is, like, how, you know, like, I'm assuming that mainly if you're an MP, you are just a soulless vacuum anyway, but just, like, just for giggles, just, like, how do you, like, you have to vote on this shit, right? Like, how do you walk into the into the yes lobby or the abstain lobby, which I'm assuming is just, like, walking to a, into a wall somewhere? Like, how do you just sort of say... I am personally fine with this. I'm going to get a good night's sleep after expanding the powers of the police to essentially commit whatever crimes they like and for the UK to get away with more war crimes. Like, I don't I don't understand how you do this on, like, a personal level. Well, because like Starmer same- shags cops. That's that's how he does it. Yeah, yeah, but... Well, it's like yeah. the, same, the same way they sleep at night, Rob, which is incredibly well on a massive pile of yeah. money. 
including by the way and i with- think what is it like 15 or 20 mps in the so-called socialist campaign group who all abstained happily along yeah it's like it, it, the joke is sometimes it isn't even it's like you know sometimes it isn't even a really big pile of money it's just like status is a poison essentially and it's just the, the promise of possible future money but not even necessarily the promise of, of the promise of mattering in a, in a way, I guess, is what it is. And whether that's through money or whether it's through, oh, I know you're such a big shot kind of thing. This is what they sell their soul for. And it's really, um, you know, they just, they don't even think it through. They don't even care. You know, it's not, they, they don't, it doesn't even register in their world, right? It's, it's not like, it's not like they kind of look in the mirror and say, oh no, I'm still the good guy. It's, they just don't, they don't even have to say that. They're just like, whether they're a good guy or a bad guy or whatever, doesn't matter to them. Doesn't matter. It's not part of their world. You know, all they care about is what they're literally dealing with and how they how they are made to feel socially by the people who they rate and who they consider human. And that's it. It's like it's, you know, like um, uh, just I, I kind of want to go on a whole rant about, uh, you know, Nisha and the last man and all this kind of shit. But uh, let's let's not let's let's just pass it over. Um, on the note of them being assholes, um, they're also fully in favour of some wonderful turbo austerity now as well. They've come out and basically yeah. confirmed that that's the case. Um, so that's that's fucking lovely. Yeah, um, this is the new. This is like the labour is like the last fucking human beings in the world who believe in like balanced budgets and all this shit. Like there was a big paper out this week from from the IMF and like even the IMF, which is like. I don't know, neoliberal economic thinking, Grand Central Station. Even those guys say, no, you if you're like if you're not a fucking basket case of a country and you can borrow at normal rates, you really need to borrow a ton and like invest and just like give people money so their owner can pass. But no, the fucking Labour government is now, you know, gonna say, Oh no, we need to pay off all this COVID debt. And it's like As if there's gonna be a Labour government. I know, I know, but just like, <laughs> But, you know, it's just like even the fucking if the IMF is saying that austerity is fucking dumb and you should just borrow like the last fucking clowns in the room because they're the only true believers in this shit in the fucking balanced budget. And, you know, oh, no, uh, look at the size of the debt. Are these fucking neoliberal morons in labor? It just it drives me completely up the fucking no, wall. It's, it's like it, it's what's happened is the IMF, right? They are full of people who are relatively soulless but smart. And they're looking at the whole system and going, oh, guys, shit. this this might <laughs> actually fucking fall over. This is really bad. We we could the whole gravy train could spill at any moment. Um we need to to protect being able to do this shit in future. We need to actually set some limits on it. Like there are there are times when you need to kind of hold back for your own fucking good. And so they're, you know, they've come round on this just because they're like, look, it's not like we want to fix the world here, but Jesus Christ, if you keep going, then it could actually be like apocalyptic for us. But the problem is the system they've designed just runs on without, like, it doesn't care whether it outstrips itself. Because, you know, there's this talk that a guy gave a while ago, which is pretty famous, and a few people roll their eyes when I say this, but he described how essentially corporations are very slow AIs, Right. They are this, the AIs that are set up with one purpose, which is to make profit, and they just very, very slowly run through it without any real human sympathy or human input or anything like that. Yeah. And um, they come to the optimal outcome under the rules they're under to produce profit. 
But if you abstract that out, like that's what our societies essentially are, are set up to do. Yeah. They're all AIs that are programmed with very specific outcomes and purposes. And no amount of like going, oh, don't you understand this is going to destroy everything will matter when that's not baked into the AIs actually running things, you know? And there's no real, there's no real room for human manoeuvring. Um, they will always, always, always kick back uh, against any attempts to curtail excess because excess is the entire basis on which they exist. So we're fucked. Like the, the IMF can scream until they're blue in the face about how, look, guys, seriously, don't do turbo austerity again. We can't do it this time. You don't understand what's coming. And uh, no one will care. No one will listen. Or even worse, maybe privately, maybe privately, individually, a lot of MPs, etc., agree with this. Yeah. Like, yep, this is this is not good. But collectively and publicly, nah, they'll just they will pull the lever because that's the only option that's available to them under the structure that's you know being yeah, constructed I, I, around. Yeah, I agree, them. but yeah. I think it's coupled with like the you know how how the you know how what was it like a decade or two decades ago like the operators in the American uh, Republican Party just like kind of used and misused like the evangelical voters who have just treated them as cattle that they could send around and slowly but yeah. surely like the, the inmates took over the madhouse which is obviously how how we got to trump and like i think this is also the same point in economic policy where like the inmates who still believe in this balanced budget shite have taken over the policies you know they want and like the the place that originally where they got it from is now saying this is actually really dumb and we're changing our mind, but they're just not accepting that anymore. Like it's it's a whole it's a whole like you start on a grift and it's it's great, but then to for it to be a grift, there have to be people who believe it. Yeah, exactly. who believe in it exactly. And at a certain a certain point, when you say, "Oh, all right, actually, guys, no, hang on, I'm going to come clean here. This was all just to get you to pay into my Patreon or pay your taxes or whatever the state equivalent is," right? And uh, at that point, the true believers go, well, okay, you might be a sellout, but we're not. And they keep going. Yeah, yeah exactly. And exactly. it's not, it's not, and the joke of it is, it's not the evangelicals in the States. It's actually way funnier than that. It's the Tea Party grass, oh, like, yeah. you know, I say grassroots, AstroTurf movement by the Koch brothers, right? They're the ones mm-hmm. coupled with, like, the excesses of the Cheney presidency um, that have really kind of done this, you know? And in the UK, it's it's the Brexit lot. It's it's essentially it's the astroturfed Brexit crowd that got kicked up from investment in uh, Nigel Farage and Boris Johnson. Like the the inmates are very much running the asylum here because I honestly believe in my heart of hearts that Boris Johnson and Nigel Farage do not believe a fucking word of the shit they say about Britain and independence from Europe and all this kind of shit. They don't they don't believe it. This it is just a grift. And it's a grift for the benefit of certain financial yeah. backers. Sorry, just just a, lot, just a last point on this, because it's amazing that you sort of led into this. I don't know if you saw it, but um Nigel Farage is now starting a new newsletter called Fortune and Freedom with Nigel Farage. It's time to take back control of your money. Oh, yeah. Huh. So you know, get ready for uh, gold bug scams in in the UK, essentially. Well, yeah. If people if people want financial advice, they could just take this tip from me, which is steal a house. <laughs> the, what? No one can stop you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just There's a pandemic on. Just, just steal it. Yeah. Just move in somewhere and don't pay rent. It's fine. Yeah, and then use that house in sort of some kind of insane Ponzi scheme. But I want to get. Shall we, can we crack on to tonight's main Ponzi scheme? Because it's yes. um, let's, let's so get fucking off. amazing. Let's get off the, the Keith chat um, as much as he's a fucking shit. And let's um, let's get stuck into 
the most cocaine fueled <laughs> find that you've had. Not that you were on cocaine when you found it, just by God. The, the no, there's so much that comes this, off this, this thing has got cocaine energy on it everywhere. And it's like it made me genuinely happy because it it's so bird brained and it's so wonderful that like I, I was genuinely amused. And um I think the thing I want to talk to you guys about today is uh, a thing called the London Resort, otherwise known as Britain's Disneyland. Um, it, oh Jesus! Fucking this is going to be fucking <laughs> yes. Tell already. <laughs> right. uh, and it's um, it's it's a real it's a real and genuine thing. This thing's been in like planning permission and all this kind of bullshit for I think nearly ten years now, maybe maybe a bit more. Um, for like, if you want to check it out for yourself, it's lo- Lon- LondonResort.info. It really exists. Um, I'm sorry, Rob. I'm having trouble with this. When you mentioned it, I just full body disassociated and went to Disneyland by Banksy, <laughs> and uh, I'm having trouble bringing myself back. You, you, you sure? You sure you haven't seen like a Banksy artist installation? You're not taking it at face no, value. No, no. If if Banksy did this, then it's like it's very full on, and I have a lot of respect for it. Um, and and I'll be the first to put my hand up and say I've been fucking had. Um, if Banksy did this, it would be all about how phones are evil. <laughs> People should just live in a moment. Also, there'd be one red balloon constantly floating through the uh, through marketing material everywhere. Um, so yeah, a lot of what I'm going to say um, is is comes from um, I don't know if it's still actually paper, but local news reporting from Kent Online. Uh, they've done a, like a ton of work on this, and like I do want to give them credit because like. Kent, Kent Online doesn't sound like it's still printed on paper. No, it doesn't. Maybe they print the website off and sell it door to door. Yeah, they could. <laughs> yeah, we're just we're going to burn off um, the front page every I day. Don't think, I think you fundamentally misunderstand what my job was. I wasn't actually like giving people websites. I was getting people to like have us make them a website because that's the kind of thing you want some like fucking border shit Muppet to turn up at your door and try and convince you of. No, you, you, were you, you were selling ready-made websites. I will have yes, no you routinely get laughed out of like out of buildings and stuff. It was, Jamie, it was I'm great. sorry, but we reject your reality and substitute our own because our own is funnier. Yeah, this one. I'm and sorry, but, you just yeah. standing there with a bag full of ready-made websites all ready to kind of go is <laughs> just too good. It's too fucking good. It's official law now. Whether you did or didn't, it doesn't matter. It's like it's like it's like 1984 and flying around a room. Essentially, it's uh, the reality. We don't care. All that matters is that the image of Jamie, a pissed off, bored, disaffected website purveyor, is uh, is just you know door to door in a cheap suit. That is just mwah, too good. So yeah. I'm sorry, that's it. You just you're lumped with that but one. I now, really, Jamie. I, you sorry, kept I, your I really shut. want to take us back to um uh, to, to the London Resort because it's. I'm just going to read you two bits of the marketing guff and then tell you a little bit about it. Yes. Um, yeah, go for it. The London Resort will be a globally competitive... Sorry, let me try that again. The London Resort will be globally competitive and mark a step change in leisure and entertainment provision in the UK. The three core principles of the resort for development of attractions are to be innovative, relevant, and flexible. What we design today need to satisfy our vic- visitors in 2024 and beyond. Victims. <laughs> <laughs> Creating a park. What the fuck? What the fuck is a step change? I don't think I'm familiar. It's, it's with like that a phrase. change, but big. Um, <laughs> Uh, creating a park that can evolve and adapt easily to ensure that it always has fresh appeal to visitors. So this is that's like the marketing of the, the the top line stuff is um, they're pouring in three and a half billion quid um, into this park. 
Um, <laughs> we know where they got that from. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> where, where did they get that from? Uh, they got it from two, the two and a half billion comes from a, um, as best as I can can sort of figure it out, is a um, uh, Kuwaiti a single lorry hurtling <laughs> through Kent <laughs> like breakneck speeds. <laughs> We were just outside of Kent when the drugs began to take hold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, no, it's two and a half billion from a Kuwaiti, like a very rich Kuwaiti family, um, with you know the usual fail son. The, the the matriarch died. The fail son took over a few years ago, um, and he's now investing two and a half billion in 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 this shit. He's a guy um, called Abdullah Al Humaydi, and he's part of the Al Humaydi banking merchant family of, uh, of of Kuwait. It's one of those families that's extremely close to like the, the Sultan or, or whatever. I can't remember what they have. There. Mm. Um, and they will probably, so like two and a half billion from Kuwait and then the other billion is apparently is going to be, they're going to try to raise bonds and, and borrow essentially to make this thing happen. Um, crowdfund, crowdfund, oh. crowdfund. <laughs> thank, thank fuck we're not about to face some kind of event in January of next year, which is utterly going to fuck our ability to do any kind of financial transactions. Well, or you to, say that, you it's going to be very, very easy to borrow a billion pounds because it will be worth about a hundred euros. <laughs> Yeah, nope, checks out. All right, carry on. Yeah, Rob. so this thing is going to be built um, on the on the Thames, essentially near Ebbsfleet, uh, where, where the Eurostar uh, stops, east of London. Um, and it's part of the old stage where they used to film some of the James Bond shit and like a big old industrial um, estate. And this is like a, a big motherfucking thing, right? Um, the, the, the full bit of the first park so they're building two parks but the first big sort of, sort of theme park with all the lands and we'll, we'll get into that yeah it's going to be like <laughs> it's a theme park called normal island yes <laughs> but it's going to be like 130 hectare it's going to be 130 acres for the first park and then uh, about 60 on the second park which they promised to to open later and the or site B, as they call yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and originally it was it was launched and and you know it was launched in two thousand and twelve, so right off the back of the Olympics uh, ceremony. Um, of course it fucking yes, was. Yes, because of course it fucking was. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Now. I mean, like you can just see some fucking uh, consultants like grinding their teeth at seven a.m. in the morning. It's like you know what we need. We we can definitely do this. We can open an amusement park, and it'll be like the Olympic ceremony, but always and forever. So it was originally la- uh, launched in two thousand twelve, scheduled to complete in 2019 now i think we can all agree it didn't quite work out that way um but they're quite advanced in the planning permission stages now i mean can can we all agree on that do we are we sure it hasn't just opened somewhere and <laughs> been treated with the fanfare and respect it deserves <laughs> <laughs> no we did check um it's not open no um but they're in they've there's a whole lengthy uh planning permission maybe maybe they maybe they've just hidden it really well maybe it's on that lorry <laughs> and they're just hurtling around like Kent circular <laughs> that's going to be one big fuck off lorry avoid avoiding capture <laughs> see i'm thinking i'm i'm going a little bit more experimental and existential with this and picturing like two guys two tramps 
standing in the site that will one day be this this you know amusement park. It's kind of like waiting for Godot, except waiting for the Olympics Brexit beautiful park to finally come. But there's always some reason it's like held off. There's always some reason it's coming tomorrow. Maybe it's because like it's been held up at the you know it's been held up in the Kent Lorry Park. Maybe it's because oh we haven't really done Brexit yet. But it's always just a thing that's just just out of reach, just out of reach. Yeah, the guy, the guy bringing it across the uh, like fortified border from Kent into like the rest of the UK was caught like caught out by like uh, the border guards. You know, like yeah, that bit in the, the right Great forms. Escape when the bit in the Great yeah. Escape when the guy says "Good luck." <laughs> so, sorry, I, I just, this is um, so the the wonderful thing about this this is um, is that apparently there's a whole bunch of I mean, as you would imagine, a, a site of this size and with all this stuff and and they're having to relocate transport which we'll get to later um but obviously this is like a big fuck off building project and apparently it's so big that it needs a what is known as as a development consent order which is like a big it was naturally introduced under blair which is this giant fuck off cut through the red tape permission to do whatever the fuck you like if you jump through some extra hurdles um, but these are only developed, these are only given to what are, are formally known as projects of national importance. And <laughs> sorry, so is this the first time <laughs> when, since like the late 90s that someone used the Millennium Dome application yes, form? The, the last one that I was going to say, like, they're, that- they're, reserved, they're reserved for people opening agricultural colleges behind the bus. <laughs> <laughs> No, if it was just if it was just an agricultural college, it wouldn't have been enough. Agricultural and IT. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got to be both, right? Otherwise, it's not of national importance. Well, I don't want to give too much away, but there is going to be a college attached to this uh, park. Oh, fucking of course! Yes. <laughs> Let's go. I'll wait until the job centre send me there. Um, twenty 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 one with a dry stone wall that's Wi Fi enabled. <laughs> no, I'm just picturing like you go to the college and you're like, okay, we're going to teach you how to do performing arts. Yes. Really, yeah. Now dress up like an NHS nurse and get the fuck out there. Um, but yeah, yeah anyway, twenty twenty one is just going to be pigs, but with VR but- headsets on them. <laughs> okay, you laugh, David, but I've actually seen a cow shed where they put VR on all the cows to make them happier. <laughs> yeah. That's actually that a is, thing. Like you think it's too stupid, but it really is an actual thing. Yeah, so there, um, nothing's too I mean, stupid that would, for that, this world. That would work as long as the cows weren't the ones spending eight hundred quid on the headset. <laughs> <laughs> Are you implying that if the cows were spending eight hundred quid on the headset, there'd be questions to the taxman, or they'd, they'd just be anxious? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this is a this is a project of national importance, and like to give you a site, so just so you have an idea of the scale that. The same um, development consent order is the same administrative procedure that's been used to do the third runway at Heathrow. So it's like it's at that level, and it has to be signed. So it's got a a, a well well worn pedigree of success. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <coughs> is it what is it is it responsible for H- HS two as well? It, it will be actually because um, one of the things <laughs> I mean, there's a whole transport mega scheme that that I want to get to a bit later on. Did somebody file one before Dunkirk? <laughs> <laughs> but the plan is, and the estimate is, and like I've really dug deep into like their commercial offers and stuff, and they their expectation is um, that when it opens in 2024, they will draw 15 million visitors every year. Um, so, and just to give you a size of the comparison, like Euro Disney next to Paris does about 12 million a year. So they expect this thing to be 
20% bigger than Euro Disney, with an attendance every day of between 10,000 and 50,000 people on this site. Why? Right, so, okay, okay, let's actually... <laughs> There's let's, so much let's cocaine. Park... See, Let, you're let's... describing this, and I'm picturing that, like, haunted Mr. Blobby theme park that's abandoned somewhere in the south. <laughs> yeah, like, here's the thing, here's the thing. Let's park the jokes in Kent for now and take this on actual face value. They're expecting this to be bigger than yes. Disney. What's the draw? Um, what do they claim the draw? All right. Is? Oh, cool. Um, so I'll give you the. I'll give you a brief bit of the draw. Um, they have actually, and you were, <laughs> you were saying about the abandoned Mr. Blobby uh, theme park. The BBC Worldwide, so the commercial one of the BBC, is a formal signed up partner to this thing. So there will be rides like based on Doctor Who, Top Gear, and Sherlock. Hooray! Um, oh fuck me. <laughs> Oh, the ride, uh, these rides, you say, oh, there's going to be rides based on these things. And I'm not picturing like Universal Studios. I'm picturing like a fucking Wurlitzer. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like just like a lorry with a fucking like haunted house yes. sellotape to it. And like paint, like completely unidentifiable celebrity paintings on the side. Do you know what I mean? Where it's people are going... <laughs> A haunted house, but it's just got Sherlock's mind palace painted over the top. Yeah, and people are looking. People are looking at the paintings on the side and going, "I didn't realise Arnold Schwarzenegger was in Sherlock." And it's like, no, that's Jennifer Aniston somehow. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just picturing the Stig's teacup ride. That's where I'm kind of going with this. Picture the Dodgems, right, where it's like Top Gear Dodgems, and like you have to avoid Clarkson, who's just windmilling through the middle of the place trying to punch people for sandwiches. <laughs> I was just picturing the Doctor Who one as somehow being the most depressing. Yeah, like oh, I'm just, just a like, phone box. <laughs> yeah, just it's, a it's phone a phone box with no a phone box they've positioned over a manhole so people just disappear as they go inside. <laughs> yeah, like something ridiculous like that. It's bigger it's on the inside, say ten thousand people trapped in the sewers beneath London. <laughs> a new Morlock community. Um. But yeah, so the other big partner is Paramount Studios, uh, known, by the way, of Mission Impossible, which I'm sure will be very relevant in the year 2024. You see, you say that, but when you were talking about the uh, International Monetary Fund earlier, my brain just kept going, that's the impossible mission force over and over every time you said IMF. (laughs) This is the most coherent episode we've ever done in a weird way. Yeah, yeah, we're it's getting a lot of the old... coherent, if nothing yeah, else. We're getting a lot of the old comedy callbacks. Um, in. And apparently, um, they're definitely thinking. There's a lot of thinking about whether or not there should be a ride based on the Thunderbirds. Um, and I, do you know what it is? They should, but for a second there, I really hoped you were going to say the new spitting. Maybe. Who knows? Can you imagine a ride? Ba- how grim would a ride based on that be? It's like wait, it's, wait, it's wait, like wait, the, wait, you know wait, the wait, Disney's. Spitting Image is a, a partnership, right, between BBC and ITV. They're developing yeah. that. So they and could have a ride both... based on half of it. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Because the Thunderbirds bit comes in through the ITV partnership. Yes. So both BBC and ITV are signed up, so you could get a Spitting Image ride. Yes. I'm picturing just, I'm picturing like you, you get in a little boat shaped like a duck and you, you go into a really dark tunnel and like just Matt Ford is just shagging a puppet. <laughs> And staring at you, like just making eye contact the whole time as your little boat uh, goes past. I, I think I it's think the, I found the, the most depressing job of this whole thing. Like one of the souvenir stands, and like the only thing you can buy there is like plushies of the spitting image puppets, and that's like oh. everything. And there's a guy in the with store. a rifle keeping Matt Ford at bay. 
<laughs> I'm just picturing like it's it's their version of the Disney's It's a Small World After All yes. Hall of Presidents ride, essentially. <laughs> you know, you get on it and you go through and at the end you can buy depressing photos yeah. of yourself, except half of them they appear to have the arse of Matt Ford kind of going like obscuring the camera. Anyway, so I'm going to take you through. Um, there are in at this point we're just daring him to sue us, aren't <laughs> <Yeah>. we? <laughs> anyway, I'm going to take you through. Um, this was not a press release, but weird enough, the exact same wording appeared in the Daily Mail, the Sun, uh, the Guardian, uh, Channel Four, and something else. So I'm sure this definitely wasn't like a press release that all the journalists just copied. Convincingly, not a press release. Got you. Carry on. Um, so there are 50 rides being planned. Uh, 70% of them, of course, being indoors because, like, why would you open a theme park in the United Kingdom? All right, so. Visitors can start their journey in The Studios, a gritty modern-day warehouse district that practically roars with the exhilarating thrills of big blockbuster features, according to a statement. Come to the warehouse district. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to City 17. <laughs> this, is, this is Tony Blair's new deal yes. the theme park. But just like if the New Deal took all the cocaine in that truck. Oh, it, fucking hell. Yeah. You see, going, going to the, uh, the, the London th- resort is like waking up from the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? This is like, we, have you seen the video game We Happy Few? where the gimmick is like it's a depressing kind of British island and everyone is drugged off their faces to make it seem good. It's like that, but the drug is cocaine. uh, (laughs) Visitors to the studios can expect a winning combination of explosive action, high-octane car chases, and high-stakes espionage. Okay. Right. Just to the north of the studios lies the. There's, there's just to the north of the studios is a guy telling you that Morpheus wants you to be on his team. <laughs> just to the north of the studios lies the woods, an enchanted realm. <laughs> <laughs> This can't Come be more better if it tried. Browse the bountiful porno bushies. <laughs> it's, like, it's like someone asked like a fucking, you know, oh. asked a 12-year-old kid, listen, it's a dismal town, what do you do to entertain yourself when the internet's down? The woods. Oh, I just, I just fuck off round the warehouses, and when they chase me out of there, I go off to the woods. Uh, you, like, just, you, you, you walk into the woods, and a, a, guy, a guy hands you a stick and tells you you're in the army now, and you have to like just run through making machine gun noises. Ten men enter, one man leaves. This is the best Battle Royale themed park I've ever heard of. This sounds great. That's what this is. It's a Battle Royale map. It's it's fucking Fortnite. It's like, where are we dropping? The warehouses? No, I think we go to the woods this time. Okay, so the woods is an enchanted realm where springtime reigns eternal and the boundary between reality and fun... Has anyone experienced springtime in Britain? Fucking hell, right, carry on. Where where springtime reigns eternal and the boundary between reality and fantasy dissolves... And well, okay, that part I believe. That's the only fucking part so far I've been believing. Carry Here, on. The young and young at heart will be invited to step through the pages of a storybook and embark on adventures that put a fresh spin on beloved bedtime stories, fables, and fairy tales. 
So Midsommar, except it's, more depressingly English. This got is just literally <laughs> Nonce Island, the theme yes, park. It is. It's, it's so this is. is where Jimmy Savile lives. Oh, <laughs> They'll just get it up right his house and drop it in the middle of the woods. <laughs> All your favourite nonces are here. Oh my god. Now Come the see Jimmy Savile's house. house. <laughs> it's Fred West's driveway. <laughs> <laughs> this is the totally dry towel that used to belong to Prince Andrew. <laughs> I don't know why you're mentioning that in this section. Prince Andrew isn't known for no, anything, for really, other right. than being a royal. Fr- anyway, fr- carry on. From the woods, the journey continues through the ages into the kingdom, an immersive realm of swords, sorcery, dragons, and legends. Ah, so that's where Prince Andrew yes. comes into it. You were just thinking ahead, get you? <sighs> and then presumably at the end of this, you get a visit from the ghost of Chris Evans' future. <laughs> no, this feels more like the ghost, the ghost of Chris Evans' past. This is a TFI yeah. Friday. Like, you walk in and that's the first thing in the warehouses. You just see a dun, 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 and like, you know, him drilling holes into a table while was making comments of thinly veiled references to female genitalia. <laughs> like, that's the energy this is fucking channeling so this, hard. It's people who really wanted to be back in the 90s. This, this is England as a dark and ancient land, a place threatening and a place of threatening. <laughs> yeah, as. Sorry, a place of threatening and imposing castles and mis- mystical Arthurian legends. Um, and they have released uh, the first artwork of all this shit, um, by the way. So I've put a bunch in the in the show notes. But there's some extremely like it. It really looks like Jimmy Savile's torture dungeon. The thing. This is this is the oh most my this is God. the most nineties idea I think I've ever heard. Like, yeah, except there's three. Nine- I'm gonna I'm gonna imagine that. Every single concept, every single piece of concept art has a guy in a cricket hat thrown shapes somewhere in it. Jamie, you should actually click through and look at this shit. So listen, obviously, this is a podcast. You can't fucking see this, but go to our Twitter. We will put them here. There are some fucking amazing ones. There is an entirely non-Euclidean roller coaster. Um, There is um, a a fucking blimp in what is definitely a City 17 scape. There's a fucking there's two blimps, like, holy shit, there's a ship blimp. Yeah, there's a ship blimp with a, with a wizard on it. There's an, there's an Aztec pyramid with a light shining from the top of it, somehow maybe implying the sacrifices will be a routine event in <laughs> yes, this. That, like, that it, what the hell? <laughs> the pyramid represents the economy, I think. Yeah. Um, so, let's see what else do we... Uh, let me just cut. Some concept artist got Yes, like, they had a lot of fun doing this. You can tell. I like, my my personal favorite is the orb with Mars written on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the Elon Musk special zone. If you told me that Elon Musk was a partner in this, you I would, would believe, believe it. Yeah, uh, you can't you can't invoke you can't like include Elon Musk in the non-silent theme park unless he's just on a tower yelling <laughs> at everyone that they're a pedophile and being correct for once. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, a safe space for Lawrence Fox. (laughs) To the north of the woods lies the Isles, a land of giant creatures, mythical beasts, and adventures at the crossroads of imagination and reality. It is here that fantastic jaw-dropping architecture will combine with magnificent rides and 21st century technology. They are just doing Jurassic Park then. Yes. (laughs) 
Amazing. I do like that there's a lot of blending, by the way, of imagination and reality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a do lot you know of what? like, come join us at the crossroads of warehouses and fumigation. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I get from this, right? Let, I, I, here's why this is going to fail. Why do people like Disney? They really like Disney because it essentially sells them safety and childhood in an experience. You go to Disney World, you go to, to Disney Park, and it's like, oh, everything is bright and happy and you're safe here. And, you know, you, you, you basically you, you buy childhood for a yeah. day. You, yeah. you buy I mean, this idealized Disney, childhood. Disney sells like uh, the fiction of the perfect American childhood. Yes. Whereas yeah. this seems to be selling like just the actual harsh reality of British <laughs> childhood, like, doesn't it? It's well, like... no, here's the thing. It feels like it's the Warner Brothers kind of gritty reboot of Disney. Yeah. Right, you know, it's like it's like um, we all we all talk about uh, the what was it? What was Zack it? Zack Snyder's cares. <laughs> yeah, essentially, right? It's it's Zack Snyder has went. Do you know what would make these films more fun? Less humor and more kind of grittiness. Except it's a theme park. It's yeah. I mean, and all the land that like I've mentioned, most of them are essentially already Disney zones, right? The 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 the, um, the fable zone, the jungle zone, um, all that stuff is a. Sin- this just this this j- just sounds like the fucking crystal mazes escape content. <laughs> <laughs> We're not actually finished with all the places, no, right? We're so, not. Oh, <laughs> well, we should be because it's not. It's. I don't no, think no, it's no, going to no, be no. the woods. No, no. 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 Okay, no, give us rapture. And let's wait, move right. on. Me- the past begins to blend with the future and the jungle. The statement says ancient ruins of a mysterious, long-lost Mesoamerican civilization are seen pushing up through treetops. Here, an overgrown environment brimming with ancient secrets, surprising discoveries, and strange mystical artifacts will be transported to the present by inquisitive explorers, young and old. So this just this literally is just the Crystal Maze. It's, no, it's, it's British Empire, the Adventure Zone. It's both. Why not both? The final land is the Starport, which is dedicated to futuristic experiences, alien encounters, and big thrill rides. It's a bustling 23rd century landing zone. Here, visitors will be launched into thrilling science fiction adventures that are out of this world and will be mesmerized at things that should be impossible, but are not. This has got some real fucking hauntology to it, you yeah. know that? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, it's fucking amazing. I love this shit And by so the way, much. it's yet another rip-off because um, Disney just opened like a giant Star Wars thing, I think, in somewhere in the US, didn't they? Which is a bustling 23rd yeah. century landing zone. Like, they've literally opened like the Star Wars starboard, so this is just going to be a fucking rip Yeah, but does it have the woods? <laughs> <laughs> it's called Kashyyyk. I'm imagining the, the Battle of Endor, but all the trees have bags of dog shit hanging from them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, every, every, yes. Yeah. Just a rusted a rusted out at at up on bricks. <laughs> Attention all visitors, the dogging show will begin in fifteen minutes. Oh fucking hell. Oh right. So what else is there to say about this part? What else is there? Like, have you got a, have you got a rundown of some it other sounds mad fucking shit? incredible. It's, it already sounds incredible, right? And I, I, I this is already, you, this has big cocaine energy, right? We've not even energy, got to the right? college yet. We're not even, like... <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. 
this is this is too much this is too much to cram into your head in one episode i i can't quite wrap my head around it like this has got some real fucking ozymandias vibes to it i'm going to be perfectly fucking blunt the fucking, so, so about the college then is it is it based in the woods? <laughs> so actually, this is this is where like it gets really cocaine fueled because like I did a bunch of oh this is where <laughs> <laughs> yeah because I I read like this is where the doodles started to combine with the office but this is where we are now. This is where having left the starport they launch into orbit. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, this is um, uh, where where reality and fantasy started combining in mystical ways. Um, because, like, I read a whole bunch of this shit and their different press releases and statements from their, like, executives and stuff. And every time I read one, there's, like, more add-ons. And <laughs> I'm... I'm <laughs> so, like, you have the main park, but around it, like, you have to have, like, a whole bunch of other crap, right? And among the <laughs> other things, and this is, like, the... I'm sure it's not like this is all the stuff that I could find. Um, the London Resort will also be a Silicon Valley for the arts, uh, with 50 acres <laughs> of commercial lets and a 20 foot, 21,000 square meter creative creative industry hub hub that will hope to recreate an experience valley with 200 new businesses that will form a hub of uk creative industry in the style of what the fuck <laughs> what the fuck is a silicon valley for the arts are they going to like make uber but for benedict cumberbatch no, that's when you retrain in cyber but you're in the arts <laughs> there are also yeah this is the logical endpoint. there that's your next job <laughs> You just can't comprehend it yet. <laughs> you can't, no, no, like, you can't even begin to be, comprehend the scale of this thing yet. So there's also going to be a 15,000 home garden city that's going to be next built next to the... Where are they putting this? It's like... Next to the Thames. It's like <laughs> a bunch of fucking marshlands. 50 kilometres, literally on the Thames, like 50 kilometres east of London, next to Ebbsfleet. They're just going to... I think they're going to build it on, like, a half-degree incline so it just gradually, slowly slides into the river over a period of decades. Ah, so I was right when I called out Rapture. Cool. Yeah. Carry also, on. Also, Jamie, they are going to be building um, the new e-commerce college of the 21st century. There will be an eSports arena. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> I don't think I don't think being pursued through the woods is technically an e-sport. <laughs> there will also be a two thousand seat theater with Oh no fuck, it's Jared Butler again, isn't it? It's gamer. People are gonna be pursued through the woods while kids on computers wearing like like t shirts covered in sponsorship badges yell instructions at them through a headset. <laughs> There's also oh, going to be a 2,000-seat theatre with West End-quality shows. I mean, that just seems tame compared to the rest of the fucking like, <laughs> nightmare hallucination scape they've conjured. It does, but when you combine it with everything else in this list, it's not that. It's no. still so much. <laughs> There's Join us at the crossroads of unemployment and mania. <laughs> <laughs> so there's right the other things they've got right they're going to also have the largest water park in Europe there's also an aquarium sorry I'm just picturing these things but they're using the water from the Thames to do it unfiltered probably yeah, yeah. and it just seems incredibly <laughs> on brand the slurry flumes yeah, yeah just ride the ride the piss flume <laughs> um 5,000 hotel rooms um 
11,000 square metres to showcase the, the best of British inventions and brands. <laughs> so I can only assume that means you get the fucking James Dyson experience or something. Just gonna, I was just going to say they're going to build a giant Hoover. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, um, it'll suck either way, but carry on. 11,000 restaurant seats, a 3,000 seat conference centre, a Paramount University to train staff. So this is this is where you're going to be housed, Jay. <laughs> and 500 I'm picture, homes I'm for staff. One of the rides is just a giant Dyson Hoover, and you just have to sort of like the queue just basically edges forward until they just vump into the fucking bottom of it, and then they're away into the into the cyclone or whatever it is in the middle instead of a bag. Now you have to you have to solve the mystery of how to pay zero tax in the United Kingdom. You must be this dusty to ride the Dyson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, Rob. How do we get there? I, I want to go. How do we get yeah, there? Yeah, I really. I think. I think. I think Jamie just told you how you get there, man. We just need to rip a huge, like an earth-defying line of coke, and it will just manifest in front of you spontaneously. No, no, but I mean, like, there are, I mean, if it, it, this thing, I, I, I have to stress, there's like serious people behind this and serious money behind this. No, there aren't. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine like i mean transport in the uk and in and out of london is really a fucking nightmare right imagine what would happen if you added in 15 million extra people to go to the yeah but they're all gonna they're all gonna come in by blimp <laughs> you're not far off actually yeah, I mean the the blimp is basically the party bus. They're gonna like bail out and they're gonna. Like, yeah, they're gonna go Plus, you've got to remember, right? It's, it's all one. It's all one way. They'll be coming in, but they won't be leaving again. So, is it really going to jam things up that much? No, because there'll be homes for all in the Garden City. Oh, that's optimistic. The Venga oh. blimp is coming, <laughs> and everybody's jumping. <laughs> oh fucking hell! Rob, so, please tell me how we get so there. That- they're having very serious discussions, obviously, if there's things being built. No, they're not. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, I hate to take a leaf out of Jamie's book here, but no, sorry. they're not. These are no, not serious not. discussions. I mean, it's a, it's a very serious discussion in the sense that, like, at least two people at the table, the heart of the heart stopped from all the fucking drugs. <laughs> it's very serious in that there's, a, there's an uncorked intern in the room who has to write all this shit down, and they're taking their yeah. job very seriously. I'm picturing that boss I used to have with the the jag and the the trips to the red light district in Amsterdam, oh, yeah, be just well like in this. on all fours, frantically licking a wall socket, trying to like cure his arrhythmia <laughs> as they have this meeting. <laughs> so one of the ways to get there that's being discussed is you know it's easy peasy. They just want to extend Crossrail um, all the way down to Epsfleet, so adding essentially eight more yep. stops. At a roughly estimated Easy, yeah. cost of something like another three billion, um, where Kent County Council has already stated in advance that if this thing is built, then the majority of the money for this like public transport expansion is going to have to come from like the people building the park. So this Kuwaiti family again. And just bear in mind that this thing is supposed to be open in 2024. I'm just going to quote from uh, the report that Kent County Council has done. As the scope of the project has now been extended, i.e. the public transport shit it is very unlikely that any proposal will be delivered along this route until at least the mid 2030s <laughs> so 10 years after the park is opened 
love it. Eleven years and people who want to go have to just trek across fucking marshland to get there. No, but they can also trek across the river because what they're going to do is um, they're going to put in two giant car parks with approximately 7,500 spaces, 5,000 of them Ooh. on the south side of the Thames where the park is, and 2,500 on the north side of the Thames where people could take a jolly ferry. If you want, if you want to go Amazing. to the, the London resort, you just have to wait until midnight and meet a demon at the crossroads <laughs> of dissociative disorders and paranoia, and you travel there in a van made of trauma. <laughs> What else? So, <laughs> what else are they selling the us? Best, the best way to get there. I just told you the best way to get there. <laughs> no, you told us the most convenient way to get there, Jamie. <laughs> the best way to get there will be from um, Epsfleet International, which where the Eurostar uh, stops. And you can get there by... Monorail! 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 <laughs> oh, yes. Monorail. I'm so happy. I'm so happy I've they, got they to had to take guys. the fucking best idea possible and just <laughs> slam it right in there. Right, I've got to credit you guys. Genuinely, you had me going because uh, I thought I did a bit, a good little bit of creative writing when I did the episode 49 <laughs> David. But uh, this is this is beyond and above. I am humiliated and shown to be the uh, the trifler that I am. Uh, like, wow, you really had me for a minute. I honestly thought this was a real thing that people were seriously contemplating. I, I am going to need to hurt you a little bit here but it's real it's yeah no it's not it's, it's not real. no it's not Ty- it's real no, literally no, go it's to londonresort.info it. it's a genuinely real thing oh dot info like dot info is a respectable extension <laughs> yeah. website yeah I used to work at the sharp end of websites and I can tell you right now no one serious uses dot a dot info, info address. is what Jamie was selling back in the day is what he's saying yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean the only um, so this is this is the, the, the there's going to be seven lands there's going to be um, a creative industry hub like Silicon Valley 15,000 uh, home garden city in esports arena a 2,000 seat, seat theatre the large water park in Europe an aquarium a huge nightclub 5,000 hotel rooms 11,000 square metres where we have showcased the best of British inventions there's going to be 11,000 wrestling scenes there's, oh, there's, there's going to be a 3,000 foot com- convention centre a paramount university trained staff and we'll build 500 homes for them as well and they'll all get delivered by by monorail doesn't that sound fucking amazing I know I said restore the heptarchy but I did not mean these seven lands <laughs> I'm on I'm on board just for the woods quite frankly <laughs> if you go down to the woods today you'll find Jamie looking like the, hon- the honey monster rather lost and depressed so if you're wondering like who the fuck is behind this thing apart from the Kuwaiti guy um, the Kuwaiti guy by the way um, is in charge of the is partnered with the concept of childhood trauma <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much he is because he's already bought um, Ebbsfleet Ebbs Football Club um, to gain some local goodwill. He owns a bunch of like holiday resorts in Egypt, as well as what is described as a gym network in Saudi Arabia. I'm going to assume that's just a, a like a bunch of people called Jim who all know each other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not a common name. How much could he have spent on it? Like ten grand, maybe. And yeah. the, the reason that, uh, um, but the guys like doing it on the ground, the chairman of, of um, London Resorts Incorporated is Steve Norris, a former Tory MP. Um, a, of course. A, 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 who ran twice against uh, Ken Livingston, by the way. He was the the Tory put up against Ken, um, who ran in 2000. 2000- so wait, 
this is all this is all in the hands of a man who lost to Ken yes, Livingston twice. <laughs> and hell. his big mayoral pitch in 2004 for when he was running for the second time was the was the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close. It was a broken windows ticket, the uh, same policing method developed by Rudy Giuliani that gave us uh, stop and frisk. Broken windows ticket is one of the little known tickets you can buy for the theme park. It mainly confines you to the warehouses, but it puts you on the fast track for all the high action rides. Um, he is, unsurprisingly, a former transport minister in the last tour in the way back before Blair um, Tory government. Okay, do, do, uh, like serious times, you know what I reckon this all is? This is very, very, very clearly a bunch of like, you know, Tories and their mates, etc., who are have gotten bored with some companies that are like, okay, we'll give you a little bit of cred, but we'll write the contract in such a way that we don't actually spend yeah. a dime. Um, and then they're just, they're just bilking and milking these people who are investing for all they are worth. Like, this is never going to happen. Or if it does happen, it's going to happen in the most shitty kind of, oh, we're spending 7,000 a day on consultants, way possible, yeah. right? Where you're going to end up with, like, a car park with a couple of, like, you know, astroturfy trees stuck in one end, <laughs> and, and that's the woods sort and of thing. woodland. Right? Um, he, by the way, Steve Norris, um, you might know him from, from such other features as uh, Jarvis PLC, which you may not remember, but that was the company um, essentially main half responsible for the Potter's Bar uh, train derailment disaster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he took over right after that when it was all going on the slide. Um, and essentially it was, they were, this was also the privatization bit. So... Jarvis was essentially entirely responsible for rail maintenance in the UK as a privatized entity. And it failed so miserably that right after Jarvis did it, uh, the state took it back. So this is even during like the, the Blair years, they took something back into state hands. Um, Amazing. I don't know. It, it definitely feels like the, the logistical connections of like the railway and all the rest of it. It feels like there's some backhanders involved oh, in this yeah. somewhere. But it's like, okay, the real money comes in from developing yeah, X, yeah, Y, yeah. and no, Z. The, the, the entire board of this filled. thing, except the CEO, uh, they're all property developers. Like it's water. I think the course. real money comes in from unknowable cosmic <laughs> horrors from beyond space and time. <laughs> Look, we, we haven't confirmed that Elon Musk is involved in this, so. <laughs> Elon Musk is, is tragically knowable. <laughs> no, but Grimes isn't. Um, so yeah, under his leadership, um, Jarvis PLC finally folded in the end after fucking up PFI contracts, which is an amazing side bit. Um, you have to work at that. That's not something... You, you need to take a good fucking run up to fuck yeah. up a PFI contract um, bad enough to get it taken under back. Under the leadership of Steve Norris, the company entered administration in 2010 after becoming incredibly overextended during the financial crisis, costing 2,000 jobs. But in 2017, he was back. He was listed in Property Week's Power 100. Ooh. <laughs> The commercial director, so the guy pretty much responsible for finding the missing billion, is a guy called Chris Townsend, um, currently the chief of the UK's Corona Shielding Program, where the most vulnerable in society are shielded and have meals and shit delivered to their door. Okay, you know what? If this place comes to be, if it, if it if it exists, if we actually, like, if this park is built and it is not, like, you know, a shed and a car park and some astroturf trees and all this kind of shit. <laughs> and an agricultural If this place college. actually comes to exist, yeah, if this comes to exist and it's, like, I don't know, three quarters as good as it claims to be, I'm committing now, I will go there 
And I will go there with you guys and we'll film our trip round it just as, uh, you know, eating our own fucking words just to we experience take, it. We'll take I, Jamie I assume that if it's built the way it's been described, we'll all die from the psychic damage. <laughs> that it Probably, yes. But, like, I would be happy to walk around the woods with Jamie while he's making a noise like he's in fucking scanners and his head is, like, throbbing. <laughs> like, yes, I would be well down for this. So there's my promise. If this place is built and it is not, like... If it's not obviously a catastrophic failure, we are going um, there. Yes, and we will take powerful I'm, psychedelics. I'm that would be very good for us, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to point out, though, that one does not walk around the woods. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, I think that's as close as you get to a podcast promise. Yeah. There you go. Um, so just very briefly, commercial director Chris Townsend, obviously the Corona Shielding fucking program is a bunch of bullshit. Um, he, by the way, back to 2012, was also the commercial director for the London Olympics. So he was responsible for all that fucking also awful uh, corporate ad shite and that um, Oslo Mittel, that horrible like red statue, that's his fault. Excellent. Um, he was also the former marketing director for the London Underground, signing a 800 million quid deal with Viacom to put, pump more ads into your face. And the former CEO of Broadband Delivery UK, uh, which where he was appointed by the Tories to roll out super fast broadband um, to 95% of the UK, stating in 2017 that his mission was mainly done. Hmm. Uh -huh. <laughs> mainly doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Yes. Uh, the last guy involved, which is how I think it might actually be real and might not be a total uh, fuck-up, is a guy called Pierre-Yves Gerbeau, who's a French guy. He worked um, on the Millennium Dome. Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interpret that as he had like a desk on the very top of it. <laughs> <laughs> but he worked on it after 2000 when it was like a total fucking failure and apparently didn't do too badly by the post millennium dome. <laughs> <laughs> she's really just named it the Kali Yuga Dome because that's the fucking vibe I've been living the past like 20 years um, anyway carry on he uh, also worked f by 2002 it became the standard dome <laughs> Um, and also um, worked for Euro Disney when, like, that place was in the shit and apparently did a good job of turning around. So apparently he's quite sort of real and involved with building theme parks. He's quite real. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have one real person yes. involved in this project. That is, that is the realest thing that has been said so far, yeah. Um, but, you know, just to stay true to character among this lot of fucking property developers, um, he's a French guy, but he's lived in the UK for a very long time now and said of France that he is never going home because it is now a communist country. Naturally. Yeah, um, noted communist fucking Macron. And his wife is a senior reporter for the British Armed Forces News Network. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man, it's just so incestuous, isn't it? <laughs> so there you go. That's the London Resort Entertainment Palace, Silicon Valley of the Arts, um, featuring a big aquarium, a huge nightclub, and the largest water park in Europe. And it's going to be open in we have 20... Um, if they get all the permissions, they're going to start building in 2022 and open in 2024. So they're going to build the woods in two years. <laughs> Man, like if this place if this place opens and we do um, have to go there, then we're definitely like the episode's got to be titled "You Are Entering the Nonce Zone" or something like this because I just I can't... you see what it is though. You don't build the woods; you you conjure the woods. 
<laughs> the woods already exist somewhere, and all you've got to do is like just find the right like number of fucking the right sequence of like hieroglyphs to put into that computer from the fu- from Lost, and that opens the fucking portal. You know, you know, Jamie. I think it's more going to be there's going to be these strange tunnels leading from zone to zone, which are like a snowstorm as you go through them, and then you emerge on the other side. <laughs> The, the strange network of like sinister tunnels underneath the Doctor Who ride. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for the animatronic version of Benedict Cumberbatch playing Sherlock to be more personable and relatable than the actual person. <laughs> oh, they just they just keep building hundreds of like Benedict Cumberbatch androids, and they all just like malfunction on the first day because they they become self aware and like try and hang themselves or something. <laughs> They all go on the water side into the Thames. Well, yeah, you say that, but if you go the wrong path in the woods, that's where you'll find them. (laughs) Hanging next to the bags of dog shit. (laughs) (laughs) And all the depressed Ewoks. (laughs) Oh, that is fucking incredible. Um, So, I love this thing beyond human comprehension. It's such a fucking... Yeah, I think that... I think that that pretty much does it. We're not following that, so <laughs> no, good night, that, everybody. That is, good night. That is the best find we've ever had, so yeah. We'll see you later, folks. Have a good one. I See you down the woods. <laughs> <laughs> not if the woods see you first. If you go down in the woods today, you're sure of a big surprise. If you go down in the woods today, you better go in disguise. For every bear that ever there was will gather there for certain because today's the day the teddy bears have their pick. Pick.